Hello, and welcome to Tech Champagne, a wealth expansion podcast designed to help you turn simple ideas into major impact and big revenue. I'm Elisa Wilcox, and I've spent the last 11 years helping women entrepreneurs build six and seven figure businesses with simple systems and automation. I'm here to guide you and give you my exact strategies for money, marketing, and automated business growth so you can create the life and business you truly desire. The income level you really want is well within your reach. Let's do this together. Hello and welcome back to Tech Champagne. My name is Elisa Wilcox, your host, and today I'm here with a dear friend. These are always my favorite episodes to record when I have my rock star friends on. Today I'm here with Andrea Holland. She's a PR and communications entrepreneur, and she's one of my all-time favorite people. Hi, Andrea. Hi. Thank you for having me. You're one of my all-time favorite people. (laughs) It's a love fest here on Tech Champagne today. Uh, We're going to nerd out a little bit today. I think you and I both have a a tech spirit to us. We like to measure things and create tech systems and create new businesses and all the fun things. We are entrepreneurs at heart. So, my dear, I... I want to start with your adventurous spirit. I think it's really important to share the flexibility and the love of adventure and all that good stuff that being an entrepreneur brings. It's true. It's so true. I would say I didn't even discover my adventurous spirit, like really truly discover it until I developed into the world of entrepreneurship. It kind of happened at the same time. I feel like they're actually quite synonymous. Agree. Totally great. You inspired me. You, I've said that to you for many, many years. I was inspired mainly by a trip that you took to Bali. Mm-hmm. Uh, what year was that? 2014. Oh my gosh. 2014. 2014. Yeah. You went to Bali with a, an organization called Project Getaway. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And, it was a game changer. And what was your experience like with that group? It was, gosh, how do I, I don't even know if I could describe it in one word. Just to give a little context, I had left the corporate world after about, yeah, nine years in corporate America in San Francisco and Silicon Valley in 2014, early 2014. And I decided I wanted to leave San Francisco and move to Santa Barbara. Um, at the time, there really wasn't a huge, strong tech job market there at all. And so I thought, I'm just going to start consulting really, to be honest, for survival. It was not I had no intention of building any kind of business, really. It was, um, let me just put a bandaid on this until I can find figure out what's next. Um, but during that time, I was able to kind of corner a small market because at the time, Santa Barbara had this small yet emerging tech scene. And for someone who had been in the industry, you know, less than 10 years at that point, it was kind of a sandbox that I could play in. So I was just experimenting with that and seeing if consulting felt good or you know, I knew how to do the craft of PR, but I had no idea how to run any kind of business. So it was a learning curve. But during that period of time, yes, I was introduced to this entrepreneurship program in Bali. And, you know, kind of tying into the adventurous spirit, I had never been to Southeast Asia. I had barely traveled at all beyond my two-week corporate vacation. Um, And so when I heard about this, I was very intrigued. And what it was, was a one-month experience for entrepreneurs all over the world to come and live together in these villas. Sounds very real world when you say it out loud. <laughs> and, and 
and build and grow and incubate your businesses together. So there were people with finance backgrounds, product backgrounds, people who had already success, successfully exited companies and those who were just starting. And so I, I always joke, this is truly how it happened. I learned about this at a barbecue in Santa Barbara. And after a few beers, went home that night, applied, and within a couple of weeks found out I got in and three weeks later was on a plane to Indonesia. <laughs> I love that so much. I never knew that. Really? I'm learning that right now. That's, <laughs> that's how all great decisions start, right? I totally agree. This really was. And <laughs> so, so it really, yeah. So I got there and I was there for about a month. I met incredible people from all over the world. There was only four Americans. I was one of them. And during that time, I... I started building out my consulting business, but not even from the PR perspective. I learned about, that's when I learned about business systems, how to automate things and systematize things and all the, these different business functions that I had never even been exposed to because I had just been in PR for so long. So it just kind of gave me this all encompassing lens of like, I had no idea that I could automate things to make my life easier. Mm-hmm. No idea. And I was like, this is the first thing people should teach you in entrepreneurship. Um, but yeah, it was a really incredible experience. I ended up staying and working in Southeast Asia for another two months after that, because I learned that I could. And that next two years really became this back and forth of a lot of global travel and adventures and learning to run that consultancy and grow that consultancy from wherever I went. I love it. There's photos of you, um, I think probably on the organization's website and you, you have your computer and you're by the pool and, you know, it's like everybody's in bikinis and their computers and surfboards. <laughs> it's just so, it's so awesome. And it was so inspiring that I went on a trip with that organization two years later <laughs> because of you. Right. And it was so fun. And it's, it's just a great way to really test your own boundaries and expand what your knowledge is. If you come from a corporate bra- background, like you did and like I did for a lot of years, it can be really scary to make that transition. Really oh, yeah. scary to be the sole generator of all the revenue, um, you know, to figure out what's next for your business. Do you hire someone? How do you exist? How do you pay your bills? How, what's next? That can all be really stressful. And I think you've just done such a great job and you just do it with grace and you put your ideas into action. And I've seen a lot of ideas develop into you know, really sustainable revenue streams for you over the years, which has been really fun to watch. Thank you. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. So after that trip, you came back to the States and then I I came back and yeah, for the next two years, that was kind of the lifestyle. I was like back and forth between Santa Barbara and I spent some time in Morocco. I spent some time in Western Europe. I went to like Central America. Um, and then, then what happened then I think we had a global pandemic. <laughs> yep. Oh, that. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so nothing was really happening during that time, obviously, travel-wise. But I was pretty fixated on running the business. Um, during the few years, and this was even, you know, a year or so before the pandemic, I became an author and instructor for LinkedIn Learning, which has been really fun. So if you go on the LinkedIn Learning platform, they have different subject matter experts that can talk to you about anything that they're a subject matter expert in. So I have a lot of courses on there in PR and communications and marketing for entrepreneurs specifically. So one is, you know, the fundamentals of like how to write a press release. There's one on how to launch your product or service to the press. There's one on how to do company messaging. 
And those are a lot of fun. Um, so I usually do, you know, a few a year through LinkedIn, you're, you're a contractor with them. And those reach a lot of people. And those are a lot of fun to do because I get a lot of really cool messages on LinkedIn, just from people all over the world that have watched them as well. And it's really cool because I think these are a lot of people that don't necessarily have access to those types of resources to work with like one-on-one. And so that those to me are really special in terms of the amount of people that they can reach and support. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Oh, and then I guess during that time as well. So I did a two month sabbatical to Greece in the summer of 2018. I was really burnt out and I needed a break. And the truth be told, I was only going to stay for about three weeks. And then I met a lovely man and stayed for two months. It was very And I shared that <laughs> fun and I think it humanizes us and it's real. Um, but the beauty of that time was the brain break mm. that I gave myself because when I got back, I actually started executing on an idea that I had had in the PR industry for a few years and never actually like put time and effort towards it. But I kind of had a fresh perspective. I was a little rejuvenated and I started a job site for PR professionals called remoteprjobs.com which is now actually turned into one of the leading uh, remote job sites for PR and communications professionals. And what it is, is those, you know, I started it to solve a problem. Okay. Like you're a PR contractor, a freelancer. There seems to be a remote job site for nearly every single other industry, except for PR. Like, why is that? And I'll tell you, it's actually very hard to curate because a lot of people don't know the difference between PR and marketing. Mm -hmm. So started trying to create a, a product around that um, back in 2018. And now we have a team that runs it and sources it and does our SEO and our social and I have a business partner and we're trying to grow it. And that's, again, like it was 2018, a remote job site, like who would have known, you know, a year later, what would have happened? And I'm just so grateful that we had that infrastructure in place and that it, again, was able to help a lot of people. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And I've seen it from its inception that's right. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm just so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You're such like, a... Alicia, how do I, how do I do this? <laughs> like, what the hell? How do I, how do I automate a sales funnel? How do I, you know, and then we put our tech nerd hats on and then we make it work. Um, right. pretty awesome. But I, I think I want to step back here for just a quick second and ex- explain sort of the basics of, of PR. Cause I think I can speak for myself. That is not really, um, in my wheelhouse. I don't have a, a very in-depth understanding of what PR is and what it would mean to me as an entrepreneur. So if we can t- touch on that a little bit. Sure. I think at a very, very high level to start out, I mean, PR is, it is a tactic, right? It is one of the tactics that you can use to basically spread the word about your business at a, at a very, very high level. You know, what are other ways you can do that? You can do that through social media. You can do that through marketing, right? You can do that through content. You can do that through traditional PR, which, you know, by definition, a lot of people would say that's you're pitching the media to get an earned piece of media coverage on your company. Um, So again, it's just, it's a vehicle to manage your external communications and get the message that you want out there. And that can be for a variety of reasons. You know, people in companies will do PR for very different reasons, which is why it's not one size fits all. You may implement a certain type of PR strategy if you're trying to acquire new customers. You may implement a different strategy if you're trying to attract investors. And it's going to be very different if you're hosting an event 
right? So I, I like to explain it. It's it's a vehicle in order to get your message out there to the right audience to, and and that all those audience are, audiences are going to want different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what we hear most often when we hear about PR is something has gone wrong <laughs> and we need to clean it up. <laughs> like what's the PR strategy here? Because this awful thing has happened. This person in our company said something they weren't supposed to say, you know, that sort of thing. So I, I think that's important education for people to have. Um, I have used press releases to promote events. So that sounds like it's something that you were just talking about a moment ago. Um, what is one of your favorite PR strategies for a new entrepreneur? For a new entrepreneur, I think the easiest things you can do are free to get started. I think social media is extremely powerful. And I think the component of that, that might be more, I guess, quote unquote, PR, traditional PR related is what is your messaging and what is your narrative? And just staying very consistent with that when you're talking about on social media, it's free, right? Mm -hmm. And you can grow an audience that way. I think the number one thing PR or PR entrepreneurs need to Mm -hmm. think about is who is the audience that I'm trying to get in front of? Because ultimately, it doesn't matter if it's social media or if it's a press release or if it's an event. It's like, it's where are those people? So the very first thing I would suggest entrepreneurs think about is like, okay, why do I want to do this? If I'm trying to get in front of this audience, the first thing I need to think about is how is this audience consuming their information? That's the first place you need to go. Mm. I love it. And from there, you can decide which sites, because it's not going to be all social media sites or all platforms and you can kind of dial down your strategy from there. And I know that you have a lot of tools before we hit record, we were kind of chatting about, you know, your story, the tools you have available, the different companies that you own. Um, and I want to talk about your tools next. So this is in addition to, um, your remote job site. So you also have andreaholland.com and a consultancy called, uh, dialed PR. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the guides and the resources that you have available. Yeah. So a lot of just like fundamental basics on, if you go to andreaholland.com and like the store section, I I get asked a lot for different templates on how to do things. Like how do I start to create company messaging? How do I actually build a PR plan? I need to write a press release. Like, do you have a template for that? Like, what does it actually mean to pitch reporters? Like, is there a guide to like doing something like that? So fundamental things, I have a lot on there that are very specific to entrepreneurs. And then I do have one course, but it is very specific to PR and communications professionals that are looking to start their own PR practice. I know it can be a very daunting thing. I know it was for me when I left corporate America and started doing this. I did so many things wrong at first. So I ended up just putting together a course geared towards PR and communications professionals that really did want to start freelancing, even if it was on the side. Mm-hmm. Just like, here's here's the blueprint. Here's the blueprint of pretty much the opposite of most things I did at first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You don't have to make the, the same mistakes that we did along the way. That's what our courses are for. And we will link to all of this in the show notes. So people will be able to find, find these easily. So let's talk about the details of your course. I know it's geared towards PR and communications professionals, but like you said, some people might be considering that you know, as a side hustle or, or whatever. So that can be really useful for them. So let's talk about your course for a moment. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's short, it's only an hour and it goes through all the different 
step-by-step things that you should really consider and think about when starting your own business business. And it was start, it talks about the financial side of things. That was one area where I made a lot of mistakes out the gate in term, I didn't even know that by, you know, designating the right business entity could save me X amount of dollars. I learned that the hard way. Mm. Um, I talk about how to get clients. Like if you're in corporate America and say you're working for a PR agency or you're in-house or you're, you know, even a peripheral role like content or social media, you know, the biggest fear people have is how am I going to get clients? So I have a whole chapter on like, here are five solid ways that you can get clients like out the gate. I have a chapter on onboarding, like how to onboard your first client. I have, you know, it does talk a lot about remote work and mindset, because if you haven't done that before, which now feels like a moot point, because we all have, (laughs) um, uh, that is, that is really powerful. I mean, that can really change like your headspace. Like I always say to people in the morning, like get dressed, just get dressed Mm -hmm. because that changes your headspace. It does make you feel a little more structured and put together. And in turn, like you're going to be, you're going to be more focused. Yeah. Yeah. That's excellent advice. That is a a mistake I made for the first few years, I think of my business. Um, I had a mentor and he would ask what my daily schedule was like. I didn't have one. (laughs) I would kind of figure it out around two or three o'clock in the afternoon. And he was like, okay, well, you're wasting your entire day which is why you're not where you would like to be. So get up, have a schedule, have structure. Yeah. Everything you're saying, I think is, is really, really valuable. So it's an hour long. It's chock full of uh, great information. We will link to your course in the show notes. What's the name of the course? It is called how to build your own PR practice. (laughs) Perfect. Straight and to the point. I love it. And I know you've worked a lot over the years um, in different capacities with really big companies. A lot of big tech companies, I think was your focus for a a long period of time. And one thing that always has interested me that I don't know how to do clearly is how do you get, um, how do you get articles written about you? Is it a matter of building relationships with reporters? Is it a matter of, you know, are they paid? Are they, is it possible to get good coverage that's not paid? Like what does, what does that look like? Yes. Yes. To all those things. (laughs) Yes. To all. Saying it's like these can all be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, typically, like traditional PR is, you have a product, you have a service, you have an announcement, and you are pitching a reporter on that story in hopes that they will write about it. It's free, it's earned, and your job is to really sell the story. This is what PR practitioners typically trade on and do. Do you have to, to go back to your question of, do you have to have the relationships? That's, I feel like that's a tough one for me because I have relationships with lots of reporters, but that doesn't mean that they're going to write the story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I have a, a reporter contact over at Forbes and yeah, sure. I can text him or get him on the phone, but that does not mean that he's going to be interested in your story. So that's why I kind of get tangled with that question because yes, they matter, but ultimately what matters more is, do you have a good story? Because if you have a good story, the reporter's going to listen, mm-hmm. regardless of who it comes from. Do I think there's learned tactics on how to pitch media, best ways to get in front of them, how to write a pitch, you know, those kind of things. It's There's an art to it. Absolutely. And that's what a lot of my content is geared towards and the guides and the templates and whatnot is to help with that. But at the end of the day, if you have a good story, they're going to listen. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't matter who it comes from. 
That's super helpful. I always wondered that. I'm like, how do you get in with these reporters? Well, you work at it. <laughs> and it is relationship building. It is. <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? and, and I always tell people, treat it like humanize it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the world of Twitter of like is going to be like now moving forward, but I can tell you, I spent, you know, a decade of my career, if not more, like talking to reporters on Twitter, it was real time. It was like stream of consciousness and like, and not even about my clients, just engaging with them, like real humans. Right. Right. Commenting on their articles. You know, if you are in the same vicinity of them, like grabbing a cup of coffee or a drink, like inviting them to events, but also giving them, I think a really powerful way to build uh, relationships with media is like feeding them resources. It may not be your client. It may not be you, but if you're someone that is, they know they can count on to like help them out with an article or like, Hey, I saw this and I thought it might be interesting to you based on stuff you're writing on. Like, you know, they're going to be a lot more, a lot more apt to listen to you about what you want to say when the time is right. If If you're someone that has been providing value to the relationship as well. Yeah. And I, I think that's a great point because it's, it's the complete opposite of these copy and paste emails <laughs> that we all get. Um, well, I get have Slack channels that literally <laughs> make PR people all day long because of that, because mm-hmm. it's too easy to just be human in this role and like succeed. Yes, exactly. I probably get, I don't know, three or four emails a week asking to write blog articles for my website. And my response is always, have you looked at the website? I don't run a blog. <laughs> so your copy paste email, you didn't even look at the website. So no, no, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's important to, like you said, humanize it, humanize the effort, connect with people. Your business will continue to grow, thrive, and you'll just have relationships with people. And that's what life is all about anyway. Yeah. You know, it's what life is all about. Um, I'm excited. So this chapter that you're in right now, I'm, I'm very, uh, envious of you decided to pack up, leave <laughs> Santa Barbara and take an adventure that you had wanted to take for many years. And that was to move to New York. Yes. So you've been gone a year and some change, I think at this point, right? Yes. It's been, um, yeah, about a year and three months, I think at this point. It's amazing. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I'm like, I can't believe you're here. Like you did it. (laughs) I know. I'm so proud of you, Andrea. I have always just been really proud of you and your adventurous spirit and you're, you're just going to go for it and try it out and see what happens. And I I love that. So you've been there a year and three months. Mm -hmm. Um, I I hope everybody follows you on Instagram because your Instagram stories are really fun. And in the beginning it was like, Oh, I'm from California. I'm uncomfortable. I don't know there's all these things, right. That come up every day that we can't always, you know, plan for How do you get your groceries home? Do you have an elevator? Is it a walk up? All these things that are foreign, you know, when you're in a new place. So what has that adventure been like for you so far? I love it. I love New York so much now. It's, I don't even know, you know, here, actually, let me put it this way. People ask me all the time, like, what do you like better, New York or California? And I was like, that's an unfair question because one, you can't even compare the two. Mm -hmm. It's not apples to apples. I feel very blessed to still be able to go back and forth. And it's funny because one thing I hear from a lot of New Yorkers is like, you love so you love New York so much because you also know that you can get out and come back. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It is like very consuming, right? Um, I'm having a great time. I love the energy. I love the people that I've met. 
I've, I've learned that I really love the East coast vibe. I like, East coast mm-hmm. you know, I had this perception. I think so many West coasters think this as well as like, Oh, New Yorkers are just so rough. They're so mean. I'm like, no, they're not like, you know, exactly what you're getting. It might be a little rough around the edges, but it's authentic. Mm-hmm. Direct, direct. And I think that can be mistaken for like, oh, that's so mean. And it's like, I don't know. Personally, I really appreciate that. Yeah. I would rather know what someone's thinking than to have to guess. Right. You know, around all the flowery language and all of that. Well, you know, I miss you. I, I'd rather you be in Santa Barbara, but that's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> we're we're both travelers. We both like to get up and get on planes and go places. So we're just going to have to do that. February's coming soon. I'll be there. Don't worry. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> well, my dear, is there anything else you would like to share? Hmm. You know, I think it just kind of ties into the message. I know we're talking about, you know, PR and tactics and strategies and stuff like that. And, and we have, I have all that, but I think a big overarching message that it could be more important is kind of what you said of just take the adventure. If you have the opportunity, take the chance. If you have the opportunity you know, what's the worst that can happen? You go back to your corporate job. What's the worst that can happen? You can move back to your home, you know? Mm. That speaks to my soul. I love yeah. that. You know, it's just interesting when I moved out here, some comments I would get off and were like, well, why did you come? Like, why did you do this? Like, I'm 38 years old. I mean, typically people do life things like this in their 20s, I suppose, I suppose. But also like, it was surprising to me the amount of people that didn't understand when I said I just wanted to do it. Yeah. Um, you know, what's wrong? Like, what are you running from this? I'm like, nothing, nothing like life is short. And I wanted to give myself this experience and I had the opportunity to. So if, if you're in that position and you can mm-hmm. do it. And there's so many creative ways now to make those sort of adventures happen with, you know, the tech supportive technology, people working remotely. It's, it's just, you know, it's a great time right now to be taking adventures and living in different places and, And it's all education, right? It's all growth experiences. And it just makes you a better human being to be uncomfortable sometimes and learn some things, (laughs) you know, sometimes we can get complacent. I grew up in the Bay area. You did too in California. And we both moved to Santa Barbara. I moved to Santa Barbara when I was 21, I believe 21, 22, crying, thinking, I I don't know a single person. I'm going to have to figure this out. But I could always go home. Like you just said, I could always go home. I could have gone back to my corporate job. I could have gone, you know, back to the things that were familiar, but I stayed and I'm grateful for this place every day and this experience and every experience I've had since and grateful that I met you and people like you and get to have entrepreneurial life that I dreamed of when I was a little kid. Totally. No. Totally. And I will say too, like, I guess this kind of came to mind. You can go back and I have gone back. You know, I started this business and I consulted and I did this for almost 10 years. And most recently I did go back and I worked for a corporation for a while and it was lovely and it was a different experience again. And I'm certainly not above that. Right. And so it's not like you have to pick one, mm-hmm. but just lean into like whatever feels right for you in that moment. And if, and if you have the opportunity, like do it. I love it. That's the big message here. Take the adventure. <laughs> Be like Andrea. Take the adventure. I love it. <laughs> I you some stability in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and now I get to, you know, every time my, my friends sort of move away, all I think about is, ooh, I could go visit them. So there we go. I will get to come to New York and visit you. I'm excited. 
All right, my dear. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. I appreciate you and your brain. And thank you for sharing all of this with us today. Oh, thanks for having me. You are most welcome. We will link to everything in the show notes so people can find the guides. They can find your course. They can go to remote PR jobs if they want to go in that direction. So it'll all be there. And I'm excited for people to follow you, get to know you, connect with you because you're just a lovely human. Thank you. You're so welcome. Thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of Tech Champagne and I will see you next week. Bye. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope this episode brought you exactly what you needed. If you had fun today, be sure to hit the subscribe button or leave me a review. Your support means the world to me and it helps other women entrepreneurs find the show as well. And if you're looking for a free place to connect and learn more about creating your own six-figure online business, check out my Facebook group, Empowered Entrepreneurs. See you on the next episode.